0: trees went out to name themselves a the king this, this is grace talks a production of martin, martin umc an open and inviting united, united methodist, methodist church Lord, in martin michigan a co-charge Lord, with Lord, shelbyville united methodist, methodist church, Lord, church which worships on Lord, sunday Lord, at 11 a.m martin worships church. sundays at 9 30 a.m and we would love to see you Will there you but the olive tree said should i stop making oil that i know's human beings Today's sermon might sound a bit wacky, it's because the original audio has disappeared and so I'm recording this from my office, and so if you catch the sound of the rain or a truck passing by in the background, I apologize, but we'll get through it. Our sermon text today comes from Luke chapter 10. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, God, our Lord and Master. Amen. Our text today has a pretty simple message to us take a break. Or so I read it. And yet it's a message that can say so much more. So much about identity, about work, about the way we live and treat each other. Through Christ, we're called to self-examination, called to examining where it is that we are pulling away from Christ. I hold that one such example in the U.S. at least is our intense passion and love and seeming addiction to work. We love to work as Americans. We use it as an identifier of who we are and who others are. Oh, what do you do? I'm a plumber. I'm a farmer. I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. We have this tendency to base our lives around work, sacrificing all other parts of our lives in service to it. If my job requires a few more hours to finish up a project, or if I need to fill in for someone who doesn't show up, what of it? I need the money. I need to support my family. I need to make a good impression. I need to get a leg up on the other guy. As one contestant on a reality show said a few weeks ago, quote, I would die for this job if the money was good enough. And so we sacrifice. We give up our time, our energy, our strength, our very lives, and health, in many cases, all in service to our work. And in turn, we're working ourselves ragged. We're working ourselves to death, all predominantly to benefit someone else. Since 1950, the average productivity of the American worker has increased by 400%, and yet wages have stayed stagnant, with an average raise of 11%. Meanwhile, CEOs of megacorporations in this country have seen an average 937% increase in earnings. What seems to happen, in other words, is that we pour all of our time, energy, money, health, and strength into a work where someone else sees the benefits. We work in order to follow the narrative of creating something that outlives us, of pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps, of finding purpose in what we do, the work of our hands. But in reality, so much of what we work for will either pass before we do, or will pass along on its own soon enough. The problem is that the work we do, the work we base our lives, identity, livelihoods, and so much on, is a work that can never truly satisfy, can never be enough. Our work can never actually create in us a genuine sense of fulfillment, can never create a genuine sense of purpose. The truth is that we can never earn enough to be truly satisfied. We can never have enough. The truth about work from a biblical standpoint is that it is not a part of the created order, at least not in the way we do it. While work is a natural part of life, it was intended as something we do in service to others, to God, to our neighbors, but instead it's been turned into something we do for the sake of work itself, something we do for the sake of the principalities, those ruling institutions. Work is something we toil for, something we sacrifice to, it's something in which we place our hope and our identity and our purpose, it's something we base the worth of ourselves and the worth of others on. And yet this is not what work was created for. Genesis 3 gives us a narrative for work as we see it today. And what we learn is that work as we see it today with its sacrificial system is a consequence, a consequence of broken relationships, a consequence of being subject to forces that are not God. Again, work is not a problem, but the narrative that surrounds work and and the notion that we need to sacrifice for it, that we need to give up on other things in service to it, that's a problem. Hard work, endless labor, sacrifice, identity in something other than God is a consequence of the fall. It's not a natural part of the order of creation. Despite what the Industrial Revolution, capitalism, and the, the Protestant Church has told us, our work is not our vocation. Being servants and disciples of Jesus Christ is. We are given an idea of work that is a part of the created order. Right at the beginning of Genesis, in chapter 1, God does the work of creating the heavens and the earth, of bringing life into all things, of creating order from nothingness and chaos, and then, on the seventh day, God rests. Sabbath, or rest, is a natural part of the created order. Sabbath is our time to rest, our time to recharge. It's a natural time in the ordering of our lives in which we are to step away from the consumerist order that we live in, to step away and take time and focus your energy on something else, hopefully. On another narrative. When we turn to our passage today, we find two sisters. We find Mary and Martha, who were engaged in two very different activities, two very different understandings of being. There is Martha, who is busying about serving the guests, and there is Mary, who has her entire attention focused on Jesus. Because of this, Martha is upset. And why shouldn't she be? After all, she's the one working. She's the one serving and doing. She's the one She's the one who's being a good host. And yet, Jesus tells her that it is Mary, not Martha, who is doing what is right. Perhaps the problem here isn't that Martha is working. After all, the work that she's doing needs to be done. It's that she's multitasking. She's splitting her attention. She's splitting her focus while Jesus is speaking. She's trying to live into two identities at once. Rather than focusing on being a disciple, rather than being a disciple in everything she does, she's identifying herself based on what it is that she does. Rather than being with Christ, rather than listening, she's trying to put her identity as a disciple on as though it were something which can be separated from the day-to-day. As though being a disciple, or in our case, being a Christian, is merely a part-time position and not something that affects every part of who we are. Martha Is only half focused on Christ. Rather than being with him entirely, rather than listening to him completely, she's allowing other tasks and distractions to take over, to take precedent, as though somehow her identity in these things are more important than her identity in Christ. She's listening to the world, which is telling her to work herself to death because this will give her meaning, instead of listening to the one who can actually provide meaning. And so the question is, how often do we do this? And so the question is, how often do we do this? Pay half attention to Jesus. Pay half attention to what Christ is calling us to do. Tell ourselves that we only need to be Christian half the time, or to be a Christian after, what, after we are whatever else we are. Work is not a problem in and of itself. It becomes a problem when it calls us to honor it first, to put it above other things. Cultivating Sabbath, cultivating a time to break away, to separate into a quiet time or moment of peace is not to be seen as a bad thing. You're not lazy or weak for needing a break, for needing time to yourself. This is, cre- this is the created order, after all. This is how we are supposed to live. And when the world tells us that this is the problem, that we are to sacrifice in order to keep our jobs, in order to be a better employee, then perhaps we need to recognize that call for what it is, a demand from something that is not God and will never be God. Now, to be honest, it's easier for, us to some, for some of us to take a break than it is for others. In some cases, maybe we are in situations where we, where we will suffer if we don't sacrifice to our jobs. In the case of employees at an Amazon warehouse or any sweatshop which takes advantage of the workers, this certainly seems to be the case. Well, in these situations, perhaps, the time, perhaps these are the times for us to recognize our baptismal covenant. To resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. To recognize the fallenness of an institution who prioritizes property and profits over people. Institutions who willfully break that command to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. To recognize and to resist. Amen.